that bottle of water that used to cost $1 now costs $2, right? That house that used to cost $150 now costs $300. So essentially, with inflation, the price of everything around you doubled. So your $100,000 that's still in the bank, safe and secure, is now worth only $50,000, right? So it lost its value, as opposed to putting it in a piece of real estate and collecting that passive income every single month. Welcome to Mentors Collective, here with my boy Roy Sippel. And we're going to be discussing how everybody can invest in real estate, and everybody needs to. I think nowadays... It's a race to building passive income and to, to becoming free. And you can't do that with a nine to five job. That's exactly correct. But yeah. you can do it. For example, I come from a medical background and they teach a lot of doctors how to become financially free so they don't have to go into the hospital every day. They can take a portion of their income and invest it to earn passive income and eventually they're free. And there's a lot of different strategies that you were telling me about pre-episode so anybody can make a real estate deal work. So anybody can be a real estate owner and investor and I'm super excited to dive into that with you today, Roy. So welcome and thank you for coming uh, to meet me live in the studio. I appreciate it and thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Um, but you're 100% right, man. Today's world, anybody can get into real estate and real estate investing. You know, the good thing about real estate is that everybody knows it's the greatest business in the world. Yes. It's not like Forex, drop shipping, crypto. You have to convince somebody. Real estate is real estate. It's not going anywhere. People will always need a place to live. People will always be buying, selling, renting. It's the greatest asset in the world. And real estate is also one of the best vehicles to creating passive income, financial freedom, and early retirement. Because at the end of the day, if you don't learn how to create passive income, you'll be working till the day you die. 100%. And it's funny, uh, with real estate specifically, and as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you've gotten starry eye syndrome, you look at Forex and Ecom and what all these people are preaching as how you're going to get rich, how you're going to build passive income. Which billionaires do you see trading Forex and running Ecom stores other than other than Bezos? But what they all have in common is what? Real estate, 100%. Real estate. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so It's an asset that's never going to go nowhere. It's an asset that will always appreciate with time. You know, it's an asset that will pay you for sitting there. I mean, you know, you can work for your money or you can make money work for you. And a lot of people don't realize that they make money and then they save that money for a rainy day or they give it to the bank and you give that money to the bank. That bank gives it right back out to someone like myself or yourself as a mortgage and they put it right back into real estate, except they're making this much money off of that, off of your money while you're making, you know, 0.01 or 0.04%, which is what they'll pay you for keeping your money in the bank. Essentially, if you want to be the bank, just put your money into real estate. Your money's still going to be there, and you're going to collect you know, rent every single month. Um, the best way that I like to look at it is you have $100,000 as an example. You keep it at the bank. It's going to collect dust. You keep it in a piece of real estate. Not only are you going to get paid every single month, but within a 10-year period, if you kept that money in the bank after 10 years, that bottle of water that used to cost $1 now costs $2, right? That house that used to cost $150 now costs $300. So essentially, with inflation, the price of everything around you doubled. So your $100,000 that's still in the bank, safe and secure, is now worth only $50,000, right? So it lost its value, as opposed to putting it in a piece of real estate and collecting that passive income every single month. And in 10 years' time, that $100,000 is now worth $200,000. You don't have to convince me. I mean, we just bought this building, <laughs> and I think there's a three-part benefit to buying real estate. The first is what you just mentioned. The cash it typically, flow. A, a ca it cash flows. Yes. So you get pa the passive income aspect of it. You can rent it out. You can Airbnb your real estate, whatever you want to do. There's, there's a ways to get that thing uh, cash flowing. Two, appreciation. We hold this building for the next 10 years. Good chance it's going to be worth a lot more than what we bought it for. 100%. Three, and I think one of the core benefits for real estate is the tax incentives you have for buying real estate. Correct. We saved a quarter million yeah. dollars in our tax bill Nuts. buying this bonus depreciation, cost segmentation, and the SBA financed most of our ability to buy this building. So we didn't need the millions of dollars that it cost up front, just a nice little down payment. So I think uh, nothing else is like that when it comes to real estate. That's correct. So if you're just, you know, a regular individual, you have your regular nine to five, but you're looking to get started in real estate investing, um, you know, especially if you don't own a house yet, you can get different sorts of FHA conventional loans, very low to 
money down. Um, I would recommend getting into a multifamily to where you can purchase, you know, a duplex, triplex, quadplex, etc. Live in one unit, collect the cash flow from the other units. But if you're looking to get into the world of real estate and real estate investing and actually advance this as a career, build a portfolio like I have. Um, you know, there's many strategies out there, and a lot of people think you need plenty of uh, money to get started in real estate investing. You need excellent credit. You need things of that nature. Let me tell you something. When I got started here in 2017, I moved here from New York City to Florida. 2017, I got my real estate license. I had no experience. I had zero money. I actually, I was in debt. I had negative money, and I had very, very poor credit. Mm -hmm. And nothing stopped me from achieving my ambitions, right? The, the hustle, the drive, the dedication. I mean, it wasn't an easy journey. It was a lot of hard work and dedication. Um, but, you know, in the last five years, I was able to amass a $15 million real estate portfolio that nets me around $30,000 a month passively. And that's just the passive income. That's not to mention the active income right. of the wholesaling, the flipping, etc. But the main core bread and butter of the business is real estate acquisitions using the Burr method. And if you don't know, BRRRR stands for Buy, Renovate, Rent, Refinance, Repeat. This is essentially where I'm going to make up numbers just yeah. for argument's sake to make it simple for the audience. If you purchase a house for $100,000, you renovate it for $50,000, you're all in for $150,000. And let's say you don't have $150,000, so you borrow that money from hard money, uh, private money, friends, etc. You promise them a certain interest rate, so let's just call it... $10,000 or $15,000. So now you're in $100,000, $50,000 for the reno, and let's just say another $10,000 for the interest. Now you go ahead and rent this property out for, let's say, $2,000 a month. By renovating this property, you raised its value. It's now worth $225,000. You can go to a regular investor bank, refinance this property, get a 30-year loan. They'll give you up to 75% of the new value, which happens to be $168,000. So you close this loan with your hard money or private money. You return the $150,000 plus the $10,000 interest, and you're now left with essentially a free house. You didn't come out of pocket anything. You used other people's money to acquire the property. After a few months, you renovated it, you rented it out, you returned that money. You're left with a property that has about $70-something thousand dollars in equity and is cash flowing. Let's assume you're mortgage, your um, principal interest taxes and insurance come out to approximately $1,500 a month. You're now cash flowing $500 every single month net to your pocket plus appreciation over time cool. you know, and equity. Sounds too good to be true. I'd love to break down some of the stepwise yes. elements of what you just went into there with flipping a house. Mm -hmm. You make it sound easy. My guess is it's not as easy as you make it sound. So let's go into kind of step one, which I guess identifying a deal. Right? Where do you even find a good deal on a house? Where do you learn how to find a good deal? Talk to me about the deal aspect. Right, that's such an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, people always ask me, Roy, how do you find these amazing deals? I do crazy deals. If you see the numbers on my deals, man, you're not gonna believe them. It's, it's almost too good to be true, okay? Yeah. But people always see all these amazing deals that I post on social media that I do, and they're like, how do you find all these amazing deals? And my response is always the same. Finding the deals is the easy part. Analyzing the deals is the easy part. Mm. It requires some practice, but it's still the easy part. I can go find deals right now and make tons of money. The hardest part, believe it or not, of this business is dealing with the contractors, okay? It's dealing with the other people that you need to deal with in order to get this business flowing, right? The contractors, and I call them contractors because I think, in my opinion, they're almost always con men. They always try to get you. They always try to manipulate the price. I mean, if you've ever done any sort of renovation, it's always something. There's always stories. So you got to learn how to get around that because right. if you want to scale this business like I have and you want to sit there and do, you know, 5, 10, 15 deals a month, you have to manage many different crews, which means many different problems. But as far as finding these deals, there's so many ways to find deals. You know, there's anywhere from working with other realtors, uh, door knocking, which is the essentials, uh, bandit signs, which I don't recommend. Um, and then there's finding deals on the MLS which in my opinion would be second place. And the number one best place to find good deals is through direct mail and marketing, okay? Mm. The problem with that is that it's very expensive. So you gotta make sure you know what you're doing. You gotta make sure your marketing is top of your game. You have great you know, marketing campaigns. It is very expensive. You do have to know how to convert those leads, how to negotiate, et cetera, but that's where you can find some insane deals. Another form of um, 
another way of finding deals is going to be through wholesalers. The problem from my experience with wholesalers is they themselves don't have the house at their acquisition price to be a good enough price for me to even want to purchase it. And right. the reason that they get away with most of their wholesaling is because there's no shortage of mom and pops out there who don't know how to run numbers, like you said, how to analyze the deals. Um, and they rely on the wholesaler. They rely on the realtor. They rely on other people who tell them the house is worth 350 when it's actually worth 300 And that's how they end up getting screwed. Or they'll tell them the renovation is $15,000. In reality, it's $60,000. And that's how they end up losing. Um, so, you know, I created uh, a course recently called Cashflow Bootcamp. I was working on that day and night since September. It recently, recently launched um, in late March. And essentially, it's the number one resource of its kind on how to get into real estate investing and how to scale a real estate investing business. It's everything that I wish I knew when I got started, mm -hmm. right? So every mistake that I've made, trial and errors, experience, I mean, really all of it is, is just speaking from the heart and speaking of experience. In Cashflow Bootcamp, we dive into the nitty-gritty of how to analyze those deals, which is the most important thing. If you're not on point with your ARV, the after repair value, or the actual value of the house, which is the starting point for analyzing any deal, you need to know what the end product is going to be worth before you can work your numbers down and come into the acquisition price. Awesome. So the course is where people can go to learn more about how to find and analyze deals. I do want to ask one targeted question yes. about your direct mail method. Mm -hmm. uh, if this is the number one way that you're bringing in deals, how does it work? Are you direct mailing people who do not have their homes for sale in hopes that they will sell and you'll get a special price that they're going to open that sale for? Right. So there's a whole chapter on direct mail in Cashflow Bootcamp because, you know, oftentimes like people, think, yeah, people think that it's uh, just a matter of sending out mailers to a bunch of houses and it's yeah. that simple. In Cashflow Bootcamp, we actually dive into what size paper, what thickness of paper, what's the Ooh. texture of the paper, what's the font like, what's the ink color, what's the envelope like, is there a stamp, is there not a stamp, is it first class mail, third class mail, etc. There's so much that dives into creating a perfect mailing campaign, especially if you're going to spend $10,000, $20,000 a month on marketing in order to convert that into deals and leads, you want to make sure that your marketing is the best marketing. Um, and then the second part of your question is who do you actually target? Many people, many other investors will tell you that they will target probates, they will target divorces, they will target, you know, very specific niches in the market. Me, I target zip codes. I exclude mobile homes, I exclude investor-owned, but other than that, I go for everyone and everything. Um, I found that to be the most, you know, the best form of marketing because volume game and you're offering exactly. to buy their home or how does I'm that buy, yeah exactly uh, you know i'm a local real estate investor i'm looking to buy your house all cash i'll make you an offer you know you can't refuse <laughs> an offer that nobody will beat um you know there's a, there's a few more things that go into the oh, i love that. campaign but essentially sellers will call me and almost always it's the same concept hey i got a bunch of letters in my mail but you're the first one i called almost always because they always end up liking mine so you know I'm able to go to the seller I always meet with the seller I don't try to negotiate over the phone I go to their house I negotiate with them and that's how you get a, you know a $300,000 house for $60,000 oh man genius yeah all right let's dive into problem number two I'm a real estate investor I'm trying to find a flip deal and I found the deal I analyzed it boom it's an awesome deal I don't have good credit and I don't have a ton of cash in the bank how do I buy the house? Excellent. So one of the best things about real estate investing is that it's not really credit-based as much. I mean, that might determine somewhat of your interest rate, um, but for the most part, it's asset-based, right? So if you have a house, again, I'm going to make up numbers, for example, sake, and the ARV, the after-repair value is $300,000, mm -hmm. and you have it in contract for $100,000, I can guarantee you you're going to get the funding. It doesn't matter what credit you have or how much money you have, you'll get 100% financing if need be. Um, you know, there's hard money lenders out there, which are basically... What is a hard money lender? It's, it's a special bank um, created for real estate investors, right? So they basically work on giving short-term loans um, up to 12 months, uh, you know, and they just go by the asset. If they can agree with you and determine that it's going to be worth 300 and you have it in contract for 100 and they're holding a mortgage for 100 they really have nowhere to lose. You see what I'm saying? If yeah. you don't pay them, they foreclose, they take the house back, they win essentially. Um, most of the time they'll require you to put 10 to 20,000, I'm sorry, 10 to 20% down. If you have that, great. If you don't have that, again, that's where you can, you know, use partner with a friend, as collateral use or? assets as collateral, but, you know, uh, partner with 
the first few deals are the hardest because you're trying to build that first 10, 20%. Right. But, you know, I mean, one of my very first deals, I picked it up for $30,000 and I turned around and wholesaled it, right? So, like, literally, I didn't even do anything to it and I sold it for $115,000. So I had another deal right after that for $60,000. I put $40,000 in it. I sold it for $160,000. So it's very easy to make large sums of money in this real estate game that will then help you for your marketing costs in order to scale and expand and for your down payments and renovation costs on different properties. Um, but essentially, you're going to be starting with hard money lenders. And as you progress and gain experience, you're going to be working with private money lenders, which is essentially anybody who has a lot of money and wants to invest in real estate but wants to act on uh, more as a silent partner, right? So they would basically hold the note. You know, you'd pay them interest-only payments until the renovations are done, the property is sold um, or flipped or, or re refinanced, and they'd get their money back and, and you're on to the next deal. And I'm sure that comes with experience and track record too. Correct. As a first-time home buyer, I'm not going to give you money Correct. for some deal that you've exactly. never done before. That's a that's a huge risk for me. But I'm sure now, with your giant three thirty million dollar real estate portfolio, fifteen, 15 million dollar on the way to thirty. But yes, fifteen million dollar real estate portfolio that I built from zero dollars in less than five years. You know, my very first deal actually while being here in Florida, came to me in Atlanta, Georgia, of all places. I've never even been to Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And the lady was crying to me on the phone, so desperate to sell that house, sight unseen. She went down to $20,000, okay? Wow. That was $20,000 that I did not have. So I asked everybody and then some. Nobody wanted to talk to me. Hard money lenders didn't want to speak to me because I hadn't created an LLC yet, which they're going to require of you. Eventually, and as a last resort, I asked my mother, who lived in Israel, if I can borrow the money. Now, this was her entire life savings. This was everything that she had. My mother raised me and my sister by herself in a one-bedroom apartment, making less than $18,000 a year before taxes. Wow. So this was everything that she had saved up, and she didn't ask me any questions. She wired the funds. I bought that house sight unseen. I put on my credit card a flight to Atlanta, Georgia. I flew there. It was the middle of December. I took some pictures of the house. I went to the local hotel. I posted it on Craigslist of all places because I didn't know any better for $40,000. Right. I sold it the very next day for $40,000 and I flew back. And I wired my mom back $20,000 plus $3,000 in interest. I had $17,000 left. I spent just about that entire $17,000 on business cards and my very first one zip code marketing campaign, which led to profits of well over $100,000 and my first rental and turned that into more marketing and more houses. And, you know, you just needed a lot that of hustle one win, and grind. That, aha. that one win, that aha. But, you know, it came with a lot of, um, you know, hard work and dedication. And the thing with real estate is that it's not a get rich quick thing. It's not going to be overnight. But, you know, um, if you're willing to put your head down for a few years and put in the work, I mean, success is almost guaranteed. You know, you just have to be willing to put in the work. And there's so many resources out there. There's so many resources out there on how to do it correctly, how to mitigate your risk and so on. How much time does it actually take to do a house flip? Because the way that you're making it sound, you know, you find the deal, contractors, flip, I made 100 grand, boom. <laughs> <laughs> How time intensive is it actually to execute on one of these things, work on the deal, work with the contract? Excellent question. Excellent question. Um, doesn't matter if it's a flip or a rental, my renovations are going to be approximately the same, and they're going to take anywhere from four to six weeks once we get started. Once it's complete, the house either goes on the market for sale and usually sells relatively quick because, you know, we produce very beautiful houses um, for a fair price. Um, and if it's a rental, same thing. You know, as soon as it's complete, we put it on the market, it rents out almost instantly. I'm almost always at 100% occupancy on all of my rentals, which is amazing. Yeah, beautiful you know. thing about residential, people always need homes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Especially at that price point. I'm wondering if you try exactly. and stick within a price range or yes. do you ever dabble in the multi-million dollar homes, multi-family homes? There's a market for that. I know other guys who do dabble in that. There's a market for that. It's not my market. Right. You know, I'm more about good on you knowing your lane, what you're good at, exactly. and going all in on it. Exactly. I also try not to go out further than 30 to 45 minutes around my my radius. Mm -hmm. um, I try to stick to having, you know, all of my houses surrounded by where I live and where my office is. And I kind of like the mayor of my own little village with all my houses surrounded. And it just works out, you know. I tried going further. I tried doing different deals. It's just you come up with a niche if it works. You know, if it's not broken, don't fix it, as they say. 
yeah. and what I do works. Um, now, is it like, you know, one, two, three? You know, look, one, two, three is wholesaling. A lot of guys out there, I believe, are making the mistake of wholesaling because they don't know how to acquire these deals or how to build themselves, you know, an actual real estate portfolio. Um, you wholesale a deal, you'll make the money instantly. You'll make about, you know, $10,000 on average on the wholesale, which is essentially finding the deal and giving it to another investor and just making that little spread. You know, you find it for $100,000, i will offer it to you for $110,000. You front the $110,000, I keep ten. seller gets 100 and that's kind of what wholesaling is. I don't believe in that. I believe that you should work harder to try and acquire that deal and all the deals that you come across. Yes. While it won't be an instant $10,000, it'll be a couple months later, you can make 50, 60, 80, $100,000. Eventually, you're going to reach you know, a pipeline to where you have a closing every week or every month, and now you're getting you know, really fat checks as opposed to wholesaling these properties, not to mention if you were to keep them as a rental and not have to pay those short-term capital gains and be able to build on that cash flow. Another big reason that people often refrain from trying to build rentals and a rental portfolio is because they'll sit there and say, why not sell this house and make $50,000? You know, what's the point of keeping this a rental? I'll only make four or $500 a month. It's not much when you're looking at $50,000. But what they don't realize is that $500 a month is going to turn into 2000 and that 2000 is going to turn into 12 and 20 And eventually you'll reach that and relatively quick that $50,000 a month you know, so making $50,000 on a deal is amazing, but making $50,000 a month in your sleep for life and be able to retire early and travel the world and do whatever the hell you want, that's the ultimate flex, in my opinion. And that's true success. To me, true success is financial freedom. I agree with you. And I don't think it's even a question of which one to do because that $50,000 flip isn't going anywhere. It's exactly what you I still say. Own that's it. exactly what I said. That's yeah, exactly yeah. correct. People don't realize that it's not going anywhere. It's sitting as equity in your house. You sell it now. You made that money. It's sitting in the bank. It's losing value. You're paying high taxes on it. It's collecting dust. Why not leave it in the house? It's going to build appreciation. It's going to build you cash flow. Yeah. Five years down the line, you you want to execute. You need a ca a, bi a big cash day. That's it. You go ahead and That's do exactly it. That's exactly what it is. More than the fifty grand. Yeah. During the point. COVID boom, I sold off a bunch of properties that you know weren't performing too well, but they had tons of equity, and I mean it was amazing. Yeah. You know, um, one of the most um, important things that I want to point out when I got started, I was doing maybe one or two deals, you know, here and there, you know, three deals a year. And I remember going to the gym one day and I'm scrolling through social media and this audiobook comes up and it's called F U Money by Dan Locke. That book just changed my life. So I'm sitting there at the gym, everybody's listening to music, I'm working out, I'm listening to that F U Money, and he's talking about, you know, what it takes to become ultra successful. He's like, why are some people really successful and others aren't? He says, you know, you just gotta be willing to put in the work. You know, you want that exotic car, you want that Lamborghini says if you put your head down for five years and you hustle and grind like there's no tomorrow and you filter out all the noise you're gonna get it you know I did it in three years but it, it, you know to me it was it was that powerful that book and after that I discovered the 10x rule by Grant Cardone which was also you know um, F you money I, I believe was about establishing what it is that you want and I think the 10x rule was about establishing what it takes to get there and you combine the two. I mean, it's a powerful force, you know. Um, Check out Dan Locke's book. That's one I haven't yeah, heard about it's, yet. It's my favorite of all times, man. It's, it's all about mindset at the end of the day. It is. It's all about mindset. And if you get your mindset right and you're willing to put in the work, man, the sky is the limit. You know, you don't have to have a fancy degree. You don't have to have plenty of money. You just have to have the will and determination. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. Um, the solution is there. You know, yeah. the answer is... Take a scale, get good at it, that's exactly stay in your lane, it. and then scale from that's there. That's exactly it. Let me ask you a question, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you can agree with me on this. 100% of people want to be successful. I'd agree with that. Everybody Anyone wants... saying they don't is lying. Exactly. Everybody wants to be successful. It doesn't matter if they're working, you know, at a bar, you know, serving tables or flipping burgers at, at, at Burger King. Everybody wants to be successful at the end of the day. So why is there a 99% and a 1%, right? Why are only 1% of the people actually truly successful versus the 99%, right? We have that big balance in this country, yes. in the world. And I think it's because 1% of the people are actually willing to put in the work that the 99% aren't. And that's what it is. Yeah. I they think all, the everybody wants why. to. Why? Why aren't the 99% willing to put in the work? Why aren't they willing to sacrifice mindset. the weekends and the alcohol? Mindset. 
Yeah. It's all mindset. It's mindset. And I think that it's a combination of mindset and fear. If you're afraid of, well, what if this and what if that and real estate is risky and real estate is scary and what if I don't make it and what if I don't eat? I faced all of those same fears. You know, I had when I made that, you remember I told you I made $17,000. My very first deal was all the money I had in the world. And I was just about to spend it on my next marketing campaign. Even if I got deals from that campaign, I wouldn't have any money to purchase those deals. I had no idea, no plan, no nothing. I was scared. I asked myself the same questions. What if, what if, what if? But yeah. the biggest what if that scared the hell out of me was what if I don't try? Entrepreneurs don't fear risk the same way that other people do. And I no. think that's a big part of it. I fear loss. I feel I fear not trying, not attempting, and living my entire life with doubt, with what ifs. I, 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 you know, what if I didn't? What if I did? I, I couldn't do that. You know, if you believe enough in yourself, People say the sky's the limit, but the truth is there is no limit. You are your own limit. There's yeah. no limit. There's no limit in real estate. There's no limit to what you can do. If you offered me a job right now and told me, Roy, we'll hire you 40 hours a week, $500,000 a year, I, I wouldn't even consider it. I, I wouldn't consider it. And not because of versus what it is that I'm making, but... Because you're unemployable. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I want to be able to, you know, I don't care if I'm making this much and you offer me this much. I want to know that... I can reach this much. I can reach no limits. Yeah. All the hours that you're spending are built on you. That's on it. Your assets. And I'm not and building somebody else's company. I'm building my future and my retirement. I and that's it. You. And you good know, on you. Greatest Fi finding a vehicle for you to get from A to B. Exactly. Not a lot of people know what that vehicle is, and I think that's what holds a lot of people back. Exactly. So hopefully by doing this episode, you're opening up a vehicle to a lot of people who are wondering what that thing is. I want to raise awareness. I want people to know that they don't have to be scared. They don't have to go through it alone. You know, there's yes. so much opportunity out there. There's so many deals out there. There's so much money out there. There's so many methods out there to create this financial freedom. And, you know, if I can do in one deal what the average person will make in two to three years, how does that not motivate someone to say, I got to try this out? It you should, know? unless you've got those limiting beliefs that people are dealing with. And that's a whole other story. Correct. And good on you not just raising awareness for the vehicle at which got you from A to $15 million in assets, but you wrote the manual too. And you're obviously giving people the fine points of the font that you use on your marketing materials. So now there's no excuses exactly. for people not to go out there and start building. Now let's exactly. let's turn the table a little bit. Yes. Have you ever lost money on a deal? What are some of, of the da the downsides <laughs> of going into this? Some of the learning experiences that you've encountered. What can people look out for that could destroy mm -hmm. their future as a real estate investor? Such an excellent question. I mean, amazing. I love that you asked that because um, yes, I have lost money. Everybody's lost money in real estate if they're in real estate investing. And if they tell you they haven't, they're lying or they just haven't done enough deals. I mean, you're going to lose one way or another eventually, but it's the cost of doing business. You win some, you lose some, as long as the outcome is income, as Drake says. But at the end of the day, um, as long as you're making more than what you've lost, and most importantly, as long as you learn from those losses, right? Mm. You want to become a doctor, you want to become a lawyer, you're going to go to school for many years, you're going to learn your trade. Real estate investing, there's no school for that. There's no college class for how to flip houses, how to create financial freedom like they don't teach you these things in school never will exactly exactly yeah. right that's part of that matrix Dangerous thing for the system exactly so it's one of those things that you have to end up teaching yourself um so if you teach it yourself it's going to come at a cost right there's going to be trial and error you're going to make mistakes along the way you're going to trust the wrong people you're going to make some mistakes on deals and, and you might lose some money um for me i tried doing it all on my own so i was able to you know, I, I learned at my own expense. I did lose on some deals, you know, where, but I learned from all of them, you know, whether it was trusting a bad contractor, uh, which I talk about heavily in Cashflow Bootcamp, how to avoid all of those, you know, contractor risks and how to basically mitigate any possible risk. Anything that I've ever lost on, I've only lost on once, and I've learned from that, and it was a lesson to me. To me, that was my tuition. Yes. That was my college degree, right? So you can learn to do this business through trial and error through costly mistakes, or you can learn it through mentorship, um, courses, you know, working with other people who have done something similar, etc. And 
and probably should be all the above, right? You should it learn should as much as you above. can, and you're still going to fuck up at some point. Exactly. And exactly. That's, that's when you really learn, and you really learn when it's your own money that you're losing. Exactly. It's one thing to read it in a book or to hear it from somebody, like, trust the contractor, but you're down 100, 100 grand on a deal. Exactly. You better believe you're never going to make that mistake again. One of my very first deals when I got started, I lost $60,000 on because of a bad contractor. Jesus. And, and then I had another deal a couple years later where I lost $10,000 because of a bad contractor. But I learned what I did wrong in both yeah. of those instances, and I never made those mistakes again. Um, today, I don't, I don't lose on deals. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be very difficult for me. It's got to be something very unpredicted, something with the market, something of that nature. Today, the way that I analyze my deals is beyond on point with room for error. The way that I analyze my renovations, the way that I deal and work and pay my contractors, the way that I deal with my tenants and the property management side of things, my relationship with Home Depot. You know, I mean, it's just today I've broken this business down to a science. Yes. There's no room for mistakes at this level of the game. You know, when you're out there buying 10 houses a month, there's no room for mistakes, you know, so... Yeah, no, I mean, it's just... That's, that's a, a great thing about staying in your lane that I think a lot of entrepreneurs get wrong. You're in an industry long enough, you learn the ins and outs, and you've made all the mistakes, or almost all the mistakes that you could p possibly make. So it makes your chance of success the next deal, the next business, the next run, a lot higher. Uh, so it's good that you've done that. You've built those relationships. I'm sure you use a lot of the same contractors now. I use a lot of people, the, s the same people. I hire a lot of new people as well just to kind of, you know... There's always going to be problems. There's, there, there's always going to be problems with them. I mean, that's just—it yeah. doesn't matter how many times you've worked. You just got to know what to look for. And again, it all comes from from experience. Just this whole business really is derived from experience. You can read all the books and watch all the YouTubes and listen to all the podcasts until you're in there. You know, you're going to make mistakes. And today, if I make any mistake that ends up costing me, I don't take it to heart. I, I may be upset for the day. I'll wake up the next day and go harder. You know, yeah. I'll learn from that. It'll be—that's my bad. If I make a mistake, that's that's me that's on me i learned from that it's not going to happen again um but today it's it's very rare and i talk about all of those pitfalls all of those possible pitfalls in cash flow boot camp in detail to ensure that the things that i've learned from the hard way doesn't happen to the next person very good before we jump into some other ways to be a real estate investor i'd love to talk about grant cardone system i'd love to talk about you know buying single family homes some other options other other than flipping we'll, we'll touch on them briefly but first, I'd love to know, based on your history, like what inspired you as an entrepreneur to go and do this? I've noticed that it usually takes some kind of spark, some intro into a book. Uh, sometimes it's a family member that inspires somebody to go against the grain, say, you know, school's not for me, work's not for me, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to take all the risk that I need to take until I get there. Your first deal, you had to call your mom, ask her to wire you money, so you obviously you weren't born with a trust fund or anything like that. And now you pull up to my uh, our offices, our studio, and you're matted out Lamborghini. Things <laughs> dope. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, what was it? What, what was your secret? What was the secret sauce that got you from there to here? Let me rewind real quick. 2003, mm -hmm. okay? I was 17 years old. I just graduated high school. I was working at Blockbuster for $6 an hour. And I had just graduated, and I decided to quit my job um, at Blockbuster. What's a Blockbuster? <laughs> For those kids out right. there listening, yeah, uh, it, it was a staple of my childhood. It was, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Where you used to want to rent VHS tapes. Now, if, if Netflix had stores, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially, yes, that's what it was. So I, um, so I was working at Blockbuster for $6 an hour, and I just didn't like it there one day. I quit. I come home. I'm playing video games. My mom comes home after work, sees me at home, flips out on me. How is it that you're not at work? You got to help with the bills, etc. I told her, Mom, let me enjoy the summer. I'll get a job. Everything will be fine. She says, no, that's not acceptable. My mom started hunting and looking for a job for me. One day, one Saturday, she's off work. She's reading the newspaper, and she reads a full-page ad that says real estate agents wanted. No experience necessary. Make $100,000 a year or more. Call Danny. And she comes to my room. She goes, here, I found you a job. And I look at it and I tell her, mom, that's obviously a scam. No experience. Yeah. Make 100000 Who makes 100000 back then? So she goes, okay, well, it doesn't hurt to call. doesn't hurt to call. I told her, leave it here and I'll call. 
every day it's tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Two weeks later, she comes into my uh, room. She tells me you have a phone call. I asked her, who is it? She says, it's Danny from the real estate place. She called him, told him, I want my son to work for you. And he's just too shy to call. She throws the phone in my face. He invites me in for an interview. And that's how I got started when I was 18 years old back in New York. Was it a bait and switch or was it 100 grand a year? Well, my first year I made $96,000, so it depends how you look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. No, it was, you know, it was, um, but then I was working as an agent, just kind of like finding deals. But Danny was the boss and he was doing in a very large volume, essentially what it is that I'm doing here today. Mm -hmm. Um, So fast forward, the recession happened. I left real estate for a long time. And when I came back into, uh, when I moved down to Florida and I decided to get back into real estate, um, I got my real estate license in Florida and I worked for a company and I knew I wanted to be in the investing side cause I always had this feeling like I know what Danny was doing and the money that he was making. Like I want to make that one day if that's right. even possible. So I worked with a company that was one of the largest companies in Florida for wholesaling real estate. And I worked with them for three months and I would essentially just answer calls and whatnot and try to find deals and a deal would come. And I would make, let's just say, $1,500 as a commission. The company would make, let's just call it, $8,000 or $9,000 as a commission. The investor would make fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 on that same exact deal. Yep. Now, I'm sitting there in an office with 30 other agents, and everybody's like, oh, I got this deal. Oh, I got this deal. Oh, what a juicy deal. And they're all excited about these deals that they're finding, but they're all making pennies on the dollar. And they were happy with it. Yep. And I sat there, and it drove me nuts. And I'm like, dude, that guy is making 60. He's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, count your blessings type of thing. Like, you know, this is what we have. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm on the wrong side of this table. Yep. I don't want to make 1500. You know, I want to make 50, 60, 100,000. Like, how do I get to that side of things? So I realized what it is that the company was doing as a whole. And I said, why can't I do this individually? If I did one deal by myself and I figured it out and I took the time to figure it out, I'll make more than what I would make there all year long. And this is from one deal. Now, what if I could scale it? It was a lot of what ifs. It was a lot of hypotheticals. It was a lot of dreaming. Yeah. Right. But after three months, I decided to leave that office and go on my own and see what I can do. You know, and I knew at that point how to analyze the deals, you know, more or less with the direction that I needed to be in. And that's how I got started. And, you know, I did that one little deal. I made that $20,000. And yep. that to me was just fire. I'm like, if I can do that, what else can I do? So why do you think you were among the other deal makers in the office making your $1,000 commission and you were the only one that said, fuck this, I want the whole piece of the pie? Was it something from your mindset. childhood? It was just innate? You just had that mindset? Yeah, it's, it's that mindset. DNA, as, as Gary DNA, V would say? Correct. You know, I have hustle and grind in my blood. I am one of the most ambitious people that I know. You know, I, I always wanted to be successful. I just didn't know how to get there, you know, and the moment I saw an opportunity, I took it. I said, this is the way, this is the way I I could make this much money. I didn't even really do anything. I mean, it, it, it wasn't hard. It wasn't complicated. It required figuring out. It required putting in the work and putting in the time and the effort, but it wasn't, you know, there's things out there. I I could never become a doctor, a lawyer, like there's too much technical. This is simple, man. This is simple. Establish the value, subtract expenses, subtract renovations, subtract holding costs, subtract your profit margin. This is the offer. Get the house at this price. Contact somebody else. Get the financing. Put it together. Do the deal. I mean, it's not like rocket science. Yeah, it's not not rocket science. Not a lot of things that can go wrong from what it sounds like other than the contractors. There are things you just have to, correct. You just, you have to know your numbers. You have to know how to deal with the contractors and you have to know your numbers. And if you know these things, you know, you really, really, really limit your, your, mitigate your risk. Yeah. You know, it's not as risky as people think. I mean, if you show me a house for $300,000 and we can agree it's worth $300,000 and you have it in contract for $100,000 and needs an average of $50,000, $60,000 in renovations, how are you going to lose? Right. You know, you're going to make 60 instead of 80. Did you lose? No. You know, you see, so that's exactly what it comes down to. Some deals I'll make $50,000 more than I expected. Other deals I'll make, you know, a little less, but I'll still come out on top every single time. And when you do them right and you analyze them correctly, you really mitigate your risk and, and 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I just, I knew, I knew I had to figure out how to get to that level, how to get to that point. And I wasn't going to stop at anything. The moment I started building traction and I started doing a few deals and I started listening to those motivational audiobooks that completely changed my life, I blocked out all the noise. I mean, I was going out maybe four times a year on birthdays and, you know, special events and, and things like that. I, I kept to myself. I was working 24-7, you know, seven days a week. I mean, I was comping houses in my sleep. Real estate is all I know. It's all I talk about. I eat, sleep, and breathe this business. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all I know, and it's all I want, and it's the only thing that I'm passionate about. I wake up in the morning. I want to go do a deal. Everybody's looking forward to Fridays. I'm looking forward to Mondays because Fridays is when the money stops. Mondays is when money continues. You know, and a lot of people act like it's, you, know, you can't talk about money. No, I mean, it, to me, it's an obsession. It's an obsession. And it's an obsession because, you know, money does buy happiness. Money buys happiness in the sense that it gives you the freedom to make your own choices. You want to buy your mom a house? Does that make you happy? Retire your parents early? Go travel the world? Do whatever it is that you want. You know, you need a surgery you can't afford. It's a surgery to save your dog. If you can't afford that and the dog has to be put down, that's heartbreaking. But if you can afford to save that dog, that will make you happy. Money buys happiness. It's just up to you on how you want to use it. But other than happiness, it buys financial freedom. It buys, it buys freedom. It buys the freedom to make your own choices and live life according to your own terms and do what you want when you want. And there's no greater feeling in the world than that. So I that's agree. my motivating factor. And you know, I feel like that should be everybody's motivation factor, especially if they're living paycheck to paycheck. And we live in a country that has so much wealth. You can't throw a rock without hitting money. There's money everywhere. There's money in cars. There's money in watches. There's money in real estate. There's money everywhere. Everything we see, do, and touch is money. You just have to learn how to be inside of that margin of profit. Yeah. For those listening to, to Roy talk right now, that is a mindset cultivated by surrounding yourself with content, with people that all have similar like-minded kind of hustle mentalities exactly and that is the only thing on your mind and it's a it's a beautiful thing to see and you get it i think through reading books through consuming videos through surrounding yourself with other hustlers and then living breathing and sleeping this mentality the entire first chapter of cash flow bootcamp yeah. is dedicated to mindset and making Everything. sure that you're on that mindset track so that you can accomplish you know all the hoops ahead of you and and accomplish your goals how many people do you know with college degrees who make forty, fifty thousand dollars a year and they have student debt that they're not going to pay off for the next 10 years? Yeah, Why is that? Think about it. At the end of the day, this is just what our minds are trained. You go to high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you go get a job. It's like, why can't you finish high school, learn the essentials and go build a business, build a career, you know, figure it out. You know, the, the, the richest people today don't make their success through a college degree. They do it through entrepreneurship. They do it through business. They do it through real estate. Are you as full Israeli? My family's from Israel. I was born and raised in New York City. I'm Jewish as yeah. well. Uh, I don't know if that's part of the influence. There's a lot of successful, a <laughs> lot of entrepreneurial Israelis, but the, You're right. the Jewish people in general. So I wonder if that entrepreneurial gene is in there somewhere. Maybe it is in the gene. Maybe it is in the DNA. I don't know. I don't really relate it to my culture or religion. I right. just know. I, don't I mean, it's. I, I agree that it's, you know, but it's. It's a, it's a maybe fact it's, of maybe the world that just happens to be. Maybe it's a mindset of the culture. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. But I know me personally. I enjoy helping my parents and giving them money every month. I loved buying my dad a new boat. You know, I love being able to travel where I want, when I want. I love being able to take care of the people that I want to take care of, that I need to help, that I want to help. You know, I love that freedom. I love that. That it's the greatest. It's the greatest feeling in the world. I mean, I, it should motivate everybody to want to do more and and grow and be successful. I, I, I don't know how somebody can be okay with the mundane life, the day to day. I don't know how anybody can be okay hating their job. I mean, so many people, they hate their job. They wake up, they go to work anyway, because they need to. They just don't realize the change that they can make, that they have the power to make that change. They just don't realize that. And it's one of the hardest things to get into somebody's head. But once you get there, we could probably talk mindset all day. It's a, it's a blast oh. for me because I'm in that world too. But exactly. I, I don't want to do the audience a disservice for this one. I want to touch a little bit back on yes. real estate. Yes, sir. We did a lot on house flipping. It mm -hmm. seems like that's your bread and butter. That's your go-to. Rental acquisition 
is my bread and butter. Okay. I also do flips. I also do some wholesale. So buy the house, renovate, and then find renters. Hold on to the property. Exactly. Using the Burr method, which is a strategy, again, you buy it, you renovate it, you rent it out, you refinance it, so you get the money back out, and you can continue that money on to the next deal. Beautiful. And so on. Uh, and it's an infinite process. That's why it ends in repeat. Yeah. You know, I did it one house, and then you get that money back, you go do it in another house, you get it back, you two more houses, three more houses. It just doesn't end. Like, it's an infinite process, and it is that simple. You just got to be willing to put in the work, find the deals. I mean, it's a full-time business, but it's the greatest business in the world because you can keep accumulating real estate that appreciates and pays you every single month. Yeah, and it won't always be a full-time business, right? You can choose to stop and still have the passive income from the properties that you already own. I've I stopped working in September of 2022 in yeah. order to work on cash flow bootcamp. Yep. And I made well over $200,000 not working since September and like, what was it? March or right. April or something like that. Beautiful thing. And you have all the assets that if you ever needed a lot of money, boom. You exactly. Have exactly. Let's talk about some of the other options of real estate investing. People want to be a real estate investor. Uh, your method, I agree, it sounds like the best one, <laughs> at least from what I'm hearing. Yeah, but flipping what, is good. I'll flip some houses. It depends on the house. If it makes yeah. sense to flip it, I will. But otherwise, keeping it as a rental is always going to be your best bet. Cool. What are some other popular options, uh, categories, routes that people can take to be a real estate investor? Grant Cardone, for example, advertises all over his social media, like, buy this condo building with me and I'll send you checks every month. Like, What else is out there if, for people that want to be a real estate investor? you can invest silently with other people like myself, right? I have plenty of people. Once I got started and I was doing deals and I keep posting them on social media, I'll have people blowing up my DMs all the time. Like, hey man, I want to get into real estate, but you know, I have a full-time job. I'm scared of that. How can I invest with you? How can I invest with you? So you can always have people who have money and they want to invest in real estate, but they don't want to put in the work and they can actually be your private lenders. Um, the simplest form of getting started into real estate, which is what I did, was in single family residential real estate mm -hmm. and in multifamily up to four units. Beyond four units, five units or more becomes commercial. And that's great as well. It's just it's a different business model. It's not really mine. Commercial real estate is great. There's so many ways to make money in real estate, whether it's through the cash flow, whether it's through the uh, flipping, whether it's through wholesaling, whether it's commercial or residential. Um, commercial will require a little more experience, a little more funds, syndication, things of that nature. Whereas residential real estate, in my opinion, is the best place to start. Mm -hmm. It's it's relatively easy. You know, it's it's if you do it correctly, it's very hard to mess up. You don't need tons of money. You don't need tons of experience. Um, and there's so many different avenues that you can take in order to get started in real estate uh, investing, in residential real estate investing. But commercial is another good way to go. Cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Cashflow Bootcamp. Yes. Uh, what is this course? Who is it a good option for? What are they going to learn? Uh, uh, and how did, how did that process go for you building it? The process for me... I sat there day and night for many, 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 many months putting it together. It's professionally recorded. I, I, I worked with a great company, Thrive Courses, to help me put it together and build the whole thing and make sure that it's as professional as possible. I actually flew out to California um, over a week to record it and, and, and put it together, and it just became a, you know, a small masterpiece. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that was most important for me with Cashflow Bootcamp was creating something that will essentially help a person who has no idea no they have nothing to do with the world of real estate and they want to get into the world of real estate and real estate investing all of those questions where do i start do i need an llc do i need a real estate license how do i get funding how do i find deals how do i this how do i that every how that you can possibly think of is answered in great detail in Cashflow Bootcamp, and you know the reason that I did that was because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't missing anything. And even then, there's a private Facebook group that's associated with the course where people can ask all their questions and get answers, You know, a whole community for that. Um, there's a deal calculator that I had built custom for my business that has made me, I can't even tell you how much money, and it works amazing. That's also included with the course. Um, but I wanted to make sure that it was you know, something that anybody who is tired of their day-to-day -day life, who wants to get to that next level, 
has access to. Um, it's also great for realtors. It's especially great for realtors because, mm -hmm. you know, step one in Cashflow Bootcamp is get your real estate license. It only helps for many reasons it doesn't hurt. And there's a lot of realtors out there, you know, who will bring me deals constantly and they'll make $2,000 on that deal while I'll make $80,000 on that same exact house. Right. Why is that? That is crazy. And they can very easily have done that deal. They could have wholesaled that deal if they didn't want to do it and made 10 times what they made. You know, they could have made... 20 times what they made by actually acquiring it, flipping it, keeping it as a rental. They just don't know the how part. Right. And in Cashflow Bootcamp, it goes through all of that. You already found the deal. You're already a licensed realtor. Like, what do I do now in order to acquire this deal, in order to flip it or keep it as a rental? A lot of them, they just don't know. So they'll come to me, the local investor. Hey, I got this deal. You want it? Great. This is my commission, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's simple. But why? Why be that sucker? You know, why not put in the work, put in a little bit of work? and gain that deal and gain that equity and gain that rental and gain that passive income. And this teaches you every step because obviously everything the finding the analyzing, getting your real estate license is a big part of it. Finding contractors, renovating it. A to Z, how to deal with the contractors is very, 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 very important. You know, I have my own work agreement that I use personally with every contractor on every project that's included in Cashflow Bootcamp that is designed to protect myself, my business, and obviously anybody who would be using it. Yeah. If you ever work with any contractor on any job, big or small, and you see what they give you as the proposal, as a work agreement, it's a joke. It, uh, just read it. It's all going to be things to protect them, nothing to protect you. Yeah. And things always go wrong. There's always going to be something. So it's very important to use the right work agreement. Um, it's very important to know how, how do you... How do you analyze a renovation, right? Like you're going into a job site, you got to make an offer. How much is it going to cost me to renovate this house? How do you know these things, right? All of these things are discussed um, in great detail in, in Cashflow Bootcamp. Um, you know, I really wanted to make sure that it's something that anybody can get into and anybody can grow themselves a successful and scalable real estate empire on their own. Beautiful. Uh, and is this for sale now? And is there anything you can do for our audience for finding finding it here? A discount or something like that? It is it is available um, online. It's available at cashflowbootcamp.com. And uh, if you look at the link below, I will have a coupon code for our audience as well for 20% off. Appreciate you, brother. And Roy, for those watching or listening to this episode right now uh, who want to connect with you, follow your journey, see that cool Lamborghini that I was talking about earlier, where's the best place? Yeah, follow my social media on Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram, at Roy Seipel. Um, and, you know, I post a lot of my deals there, a lot of my lifestyle, but a lot of, you know, um, very pertinent things to the real estate world, the real estate business, and cash flow bootcamp. Cool, brother. Well, it's been a blast. Yeah, I absolutely. learned a ton, and I know Jacqueline, our social media manager over there, did too, and everyone listening. So absolutely. thanks. Thank you, everybody. And Roy. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you so much in, for having me. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you.